Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman. Thanks for joining us here on AFR on this Thursday, April the 14th. Good morning, Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. Good to be with you. Chris Woodward. Good morning. All right. A lot to talk about. Let me just tell you first before we get into today's show um, that tomorrow we typically have Trivia Friday also known as Learning University, but uh, our offices and studios will be closed tomorrow. Therefore, uh, we are going to air some Easter specials during that hour and a half time slot So uh, that I think you're really going to enjoy uh, so that uh, Ed, JJ, and yours truly, and Brent, our producer, and Cindy, our call screener, can uh, you know be off tomorrow. Yes. So that's... Uh, I know our fans of Trivia Friday are a little disappointed, but we'll be back a week from Friday. Mm. Now, um, Brent, if you could step to the microphone, our producer, what are the specials we're going to air tomorrow? Do you know? Tomorrow from 10 to 11 Central a.m., we will have In Grace uh, Easter special with mm-hmm. uh, Pastor uh, Jeff Scudder, Jr. Jim Scudder? Jim Scudder, yes. And then um, from 11 to 11.30, the second part of TI, we'll have Dr. Ray Pritchard, uh, Easter special. Okay, so we got some excellent programs yes. lined up. Uh, yes. We just won't have trivia Friday tomorrow because it's Good Friday, and as I say, our our uh, staff is staying home tomorrow. So that's the situation there. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else housekeeping wise. I was going to say I can't really think of anything. Hope everybody has a wonderful Easter weekend. Busy week. Busy week next week here. Sheraton. Yeah, starting exactly. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week, we will be here with our regular programming, but we will be um, uh, our emphasis will be on raising the financial needs of AFR because we have them. Yes, it's not free, <laughs> right? We got to pay for satellite time. We got to pay for equipment. We got to pay for <clears throat> great radio personalities like Fred and Chris <laughs> and uh, Ed Battagliano. Ed's trying to form a union. Around here, uh, I don't. Think he is from that part of the country. Well, yeah, it's tr- he's tr- like Norma Ray with a little cardboard sign <laughs> union. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, that's that's next week, and we're very excited about. It. So, make your plans if you haven't already to make a gift, a donation, be as generous as you can to help us here at AFR, because we want to continue to grow and reach more and more people and help. Uh, reach the world, as they say, for Amen. for Jesus, and also uh, tell folks about what's happening in our country so we can save America, Fred. Amen. 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 Hey, listen, uh, we uh, one of the blessings of Sherathon yeah. I've always found are are the testimonies that we hear from our listeners, and uh, our our listenership is growing as people begin to find out about American Family Radio, and I think begin to appreciate Tim more and more of why we are here mm-hmm. to educate and to motivate people. People are starting to see how public policy mm-hmm. is becoming very anti-Christian in many mm-hmm. parts of this country. 
and uh, they want to hear news from a Christian perspective. Uh, but also, also a, a primary concern always has been the gospel here in American Family Radio. And we have some terrific preaching programs at American Family Radio. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's your one-stop shop right Ab- here. Absolutely. We have a lot of people who tell us they listen all day long. So You have the radio on. The, I, I had one listener remember telling me they, they have radios throughout their house. And so as they move from room to room and out into right. a work shed, they have the radio on. Right. They don't want to miss any of those programs. So it's Absolutely. great. All right, uh, Chris Woodward, good morning to you again. And what's, ha- what's happening? Well, a very interesting situation um, continues to unfold between billionaire Elon Musk, who owns and runs a lot of companies, and Twitter. Here is the latest uh, with this uh, situation. Tesla CEO Elon Musk offered to buy Twitter in a deal worth more than $43 billion and take the social media company private. He's actually offering to buy Twitter for $54.20 per share, which is more than it's actually worth. So people that own shares today in Twitter may actually make a nice chunk of change if this is allowed to go forward. The big question is, what about all the other little spinoff social media platforms that have started in the last few months or years based on people being opposed to Twitter shutting down Donald Trump and other folks? Mm, Well, first of all, how many billion dollars did you say? Forty-three billion. Forty-three billion. It's, I mean, that's to him. That's pocket, like, pocket yeah, change. That's a nice dinner for <laughs> you and your wife. Uh, to him, it's like you know McDonald's valued menu. Uh, I, I'm speechless at the amount of money the man has. Huh? He's it, the richest man in the a, world. And how he has played this? Yeah. The first story that came out. Remember a few weeks ago? Of course. Uh, it was, well, he bought 9% of the shares. Right, of that, Twitter. Of Twitter. It, it, let me just set the backdrop real sure. quickly here. People uh, have been TikToked at Twitter, mm-hmm. right, uh-huh. for a couple, four or five years. Because what they are, for those who don't follow that, they're a people tweet out messages and then people who follow them on social media hear what they have to say about given subject, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. President Trump used it to his advantage in a great way uh, when he was running for president and while he was president. Yes, he, he made some mistakes along the way and things that he probably shouldn't have said on Twitter, but that's, that's Donald Trump, right? So, for better or for worse. <laughs> now, but what, they, what Twitter's been doing is they've been censoring and banning and shadow banning and other things, de- uh, depressing uh, a lot of conservative voices. Politically, yeah, and uh, it's been obvious what they've been doing here. They've been they've been favoring one side of the political fence, and that is the quote progressives. Mm-hmm. And so conservatives have been pointing this out. Elon Musk is not necessarily a conservative; he's more of a libertarian, but he does believe in constitutional free speech. Mm-hmm. And so he is buying Twitter to. Uh, he's wanting to buy Twitter so that he can open Twitter back up as a free speech platform. And yes, that would welcome president Trump back into the Twitter world. Yes. So the lefties are, how do I say this? Uh, the lefties are, they're, 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 they're hurt 
<laughs> Fred? Well, they, they, they because actually, they, they're worried that Musk is going to do this and they're not yeah. going to be able to control mm -hmm. Exactly. It was very interesting reading an Associated Press story on this this morning. And they basically, they frame Twitter as it is right now has this uh, barrier to keep people from getting misinformation. Yes. What they're not saying is they're stopping conservative points of right. view. Right. That's what they're not. That's what they're not saying. But as we sit here right now, the board of directors of Twitter is meeting. <laughs> and he's not on there, even though he could have been. Elon they Musk. offered him a board of directors position. Right. But there is a stipulation: if you sit on the board of Twitter, you can't own any more than fourteen and a half percent of the shares. Right. So first there was kind of silence from Musk on that, but then he announced in the last couple of days, uh, no thank you to that offer. Right. I don't want to be on the board because I want to buy up the company. It, instantly <laughs> it was, okay, he's up. To, and of course, and he said, to, take it private, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Take yeah. it from, take, yeah. make it. And this, this is a tremendous offer to shareholders. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want to ask, uh, not to get too far into the weeds here, mm -hmm. but you're talking about, uh, the, the attraction here for those who are stockholders in Twitter is if, if Elon Musk, his, if, if, his, if his offer is accepted, they make tons of money. Yeah, his offer this morning. The individual stockholders. Is 38% higher than right. what the share was worth yesterday. Okay. All right. So that's a nice profit. Absolutely. And, and it could even continue to grow. Yes. And I think it would if oh, he was yeah. able to take over. Oh, yeah. But what's funny is to watch the lefties squirm. Yes. Uh, because they're worried they're not going to be able to control the COVID disinformation. Uh -huh. and the Trump mean tweets might continue and the, his disinformation might continue. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and all sorts of other conservatives who say things and Twitter says, no, you're banned. Sure. Yes. Uh, because yes. we do. And a lot of what they do, Twitter quite frankly, is is it, they, they ban people because they disagree with their politics. That's right. Not because uh, that it's really misinformation. Yes, exactly. Uh, did, didn't they do this to... Uh, they did to the New York Post story. To, yeah, for, uh, uh, Hunter, on Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Biden, Biden and Joe yes. Rogan. Did yes, they, right. Didn't, so. That's one reason why a lot of people had no idea about the Hunter Biden situation was because oh, yeah. Twitter and they other suppressed platforms. It, and mm -hmm. Facebook did too. I just think it's very funny. Yes. <laughs> I hope he. I hope he's successful because mm -hmm. uh, it'll sort of break the monopoly yeah. of the the left wing controlling the uh, big social media. Yeah, I yes. just want to remind everybody. I mean, if you own shares in Twitter and uh -huh. Elon Musk pays you this money for your shares and he buys it, we have Shareathon coming up next week. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, uh, I don't think Elon Musk is going to make a. I don't think he's calling in with a pledge. Well, hey, you know, when so, you're listening to the Easter will. special tomorrow, say <laughs> yeah. a prayer for Elon. Everybody right. needs Jesus. So uh, all we have to say here to this, ladies and gentlemen, is go, Elon, go. Yes. That's what we have to say to that. Yes. We'll, fi we'll find out what happens there. Go ahead. Uh, let, let's do this story. Um, Joe Biden, obviously, you know, hardly a day goes by without seeing or hearing a story about his low approval rating, low poll numbers. There's information out today showing his approval rating is now in the low 30% range. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's kind of the lowest it's been. It's among the lowest approval ratings he's had. Things are not looking well for this president and people uh, that are members of his party going into yeah. a midterm it, election. It's sad. 
I know. I have some sound here uh, from Fox News contributor Joe Concha. He was on Fox and Friends this morning talking about Biden's low poll numbers. Clip two. If this is the floor, uh, then that's very, very bad, right? When you consider that Joe Biden's old boss and Barack Obama, <clears throat> excuse me, was about 10 points higher than Joe Biden is currently at right now. And he still lost 63 seats in the House in his first term in 2010. Boy, uh, that, that, that's a scary thing. But it, it seems to be an impression thing at this point, guys, right? That this president is too old, he doesn't work that much, and his instincts are wrong. And once you have those three things in place, how do you undo that? How do you unring that bell? And on five major fronts, when you're talking about inflation and crime and border and education and foreign policy, how are things going abroad? Are, are, is the world unstable? All of those things right now are going in the wrong direction for this president. And more and more people now think that he's not the guy who can solve all of those problems. That's it. Exactly. I think the Quinnipiac poll that's out in the last 24 hours has him at, is it 33? 33. Per- mm-hmm. 33% Tim. Now, 33%, uh, that's basically the leader of any party is going to get that. That's the core. Right. right. You know, if 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 Mickey Mose was in the White House, that thirty three percent would vote for him. Right. So that tells me the independents, mm-hmm. which really decide who wins an election, the independents have all abandoned him. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going right for this president. No. Plus, the message coming out of the White House: this is all Vladimir Putin's fault. Yeah. Uh, Even bird droppings are going bad yeah. for Biden right now. Yes. Uh, I, mean, uh, I I mean, basically, there's nothing. And then. On top of that, you now have Democrats who are up for re-election this fall. Uh, Senator Hassan, Hassan of New Hampshire and Kelly of Arizona. Hassan of New Hampshire is running an ad. She's standing down at the border mm-hmm. saying we must do this. Is a Democrat. We must do something. We must build more yeah. uh, wall. We do have this audio. Oh, uh, let's, let's, she's from New Hampshire. She's, yes. she's New a Democrat yes. senator, U.S. senator, mm-hmm. yes, running for re-election, and she's doing an ad about about the southern border. Yeah, that's kind of unusual that a New Englander would care. Sure, but still, she is a U.S. senator. Well, you know, Greg Abbott has said time and time again. Governor Reeves here in Mississippi has said this: problems uh, in the southern states when it comes to illegal immigration are everybody's problems. Yes. Uh, and so, so what are we about to hear? Well, you're going to hear Senator Maggie Hassan, a Democrat from New Hampshire, in a video saying we need a lot more border security, including physical barriers. But here's the thing. She voted at least four times against Trump's funding of a border wall. The audio quality is not great here, but uh, it's going to give you an example of what we're talking about. Clip four. Uh, it is very clear that we need a lot more personnel. It is very clear that we need a lot more technology uh, so we can really understand what's happening at the border. It's also really clear that the administration uh, needs to address certain gaps in physical barriers along the border that would be very easy to address, uh, but that are posing a real challenge uh, for our Border Patrol agents in particular. And so I'm going to keep pushing for doing what we can do in the near future, along uh, with I'm going to keep pushing the administration to develop a really strong strategic plan for how we will secure our borders when Title 42 is lifted. And I'm going to keep pushing them to delay lifting Title 42 until that plan is in place. 
Wow, she's calling for a border wall. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the you, live free or die state. Yes, you hypocrite is what I say to her. She yeah. voted against. Right. Well, she voted against extending Trump money to finish the wall. Now she's saying, we need more. We need more yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Senator Mark Kelly out in Arizona, a Democrat himself, mm-hmm. who's running for reelection. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may be in trouble there yes. too, and he's he, but he's uh, breaking with the Biden mm-hmm. Harris uh, <clears throat> y'all come mm-hmm. immigration yes. philosophy. Cinema is behind that uh, delay bill as well. Yeah, yes. you know why? Because those people in Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, right in there, California, but uh, especially Texas and and Arizona, they feel the brunt of these this mass wave of people coming in illegally, and they mm-hmm. can't. Can't stop them. They can't do anything. Um, yeah. To to I mean, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And that's what the, this is what Senator Mark Kelly, Democrat from Arizona, said. So we'll see what happens as a result of this. Uh, I I think it, it is going to cost the Democrats in November, big time. However, you know, as we've said before, in the meantime, mm-hmm. uh, Biden and Biden is uh, is just he is just acting reckless. With, with this, uh, with the border, and uh, letting millions of people come into our country illegally. Yeah, you've said this, though, yeah. over the last several weeks. Yeah. What's really strange, Tim, is you look at the numbers. The, the polling is starting to become extremely consistent. You have liberals in the media, like Joe Scarborough. Mm-hmm. Stop listening to those white, woke people, they're saying, up in Washington, D.C. Right. That's the message to buy... But Biden is beholding to the left of his party. Yeah, to the extent he knows what's going on. Yes. Uh, and I mean that. I, I know it sounds like maybe a blow the blow the belt jab, but I, I, but I am. And sometimes what he does, Biden does, is comical uh, in terms of where am I? Who mm-hmm. am I supposed to talk to? President Harris. I, they've told me not to take questions. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. When you're president uh, of the United States and leader of the free world. On the other hand, uh, he he he's obviously in in a state of decline <clears throat> cognitively, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. in his uh, awareness, his ability to speak and entertain questions. It's just not there. He's fading because of his age, I think, and who knows if he has early dementia. All those things are factoring in. And again, I'm not I'm not making stuff up. Everybody in the world knows this, and you can see it for you can see it for yourself. So that makes me wonder. <clears throat> he is beholden to the uh, to the left of his part. He is part of the left, but but he's not. He hadn't historically been a left wing ideologue. I'm talking about Biden. He's been more of a left, a liberal slash pragmatist. But now, you know, uh, he, he does everything the far left wants him to do because I think he's really not in control, mm-hmm. uh, totally in control. So people underneath him are making decisions and sort of, um, you, you know how uh, people are, are have the ability to sign papers for somebody? Or what do you call that? The uh, power of attorney? Yes. Power of attorney. I think yeah. he has about three or four people who have, quote, power of attorney yeah. in the White House that are signing things and making decisions. Listen, if this man, and I'm talking about President Biden, was serious uh, he would say absolutely not. We're not. Uh, we're not lifting this Title Forty Two. You call it. That's correct. That's going to create mass chaos on our border. 
Democrats are saying this, some Democrats, mm-hmm. Republicans, the border control agents. It's already bad enough. He's let two million people here illegally and then puts them on planes, trains, and automobiles and sends them all over America, dumps mm-hmm. them off in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> At least Governor Abbott sending them to Washington, D.C. and dropping them off in the daytime, right? Yes. But uh, it, it's, it's, it's quite frankly criminal what he's doing to our country. He's supposed to defend and protect the borders of yes. the United States of America. Yes. And instead, he's letting anybody and everybody come mm-hmm. here and um, without – you just claim asylum or take your uh, – cross the border and get your subway coupons from 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 Catholic charities. Yes. Or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's it's a it's a bad situation, and it's only going to get worse if Biden doesn't stop it. You know what he should do though, if he were a responsible president, he would go to the border, mm-hmm. and and I'm not talking about like Harris, where she went to the El Paso airport for a couple of hours and then said she went to the border. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about go to the border, you're the president of the United States, so that you, and spend a day or two mm-hmm. talking to border agents, talking to the governors, uh, including Abbott. And uh, and take this serious, mm-hmm. and then and then announce what you're going to do yeah. Yeah. to stop this and to help these people. Instead, if he doesn't go, it's out of sight, out of mind in his uh, if he did that, let's say tomorrow, uh, his poll numbers uh, would go up several percentage points just on doing yeah. that. Yeah, but he can't. <clears throat> I've kind of answered my own question. I guess <clears throat> did I ask a question that I haven't answered? You, you posed a scenario. Okay, posed a scenario. The reason he doesn't go to the border, talking about President Biden, as he should, mm-hmm. as the leader of this country, and be responsive to the citizens in Texas and New Mexico and Arizona, and California, whatever. But <laughs> uh, California's a mess, and they yes. and they're and they're and they're thankful. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so um, he he should go there and be be he's the leader of of our country and these are border states that are suffering mm-hmm. from this overflow of people coming in here. Yes, and so he should go down there and and, and offer see the problem just like he would go tour a you know remember he went to Kentucky mm-hmm. right oh, yeah. after the tornadoes yes, yes. he went to uh, where did he go he went to he's been Louisiana to, he's been to other places after. Uh, nat- natural natural disasters mm-hmm. and or um, shootings and things of that nature to because he brings attention yes to whatever the situation yeah. is same thing he should do on the border but the re- reason I get long-winded here but the reason he won't is because he wants millions of people to come here illegally yes and so if he goes and spots lights spotlights the problem he's mm-hmm. going to have to do something to address it he doesn't want to do that because he and a lot of Democrats don't believe in in a sovereign country. Yes, and they don't. And you just use the phrase "don't want to bring attention." He yeah. doesn't want to bring attention no. to the disasters on our border. Right. Uh, other people have said this. The first thing, if uh, Republicans take control, they need to impeach this president for dereliction of duty. I, I agree with that, and I don't take the impeachment lightly. No, I don't think you should be impeaching just for political differences. No. Yeah, McCarthy said that a couple of days ago. Yeah, no, but but when you have a dereliction of duty, you're mm-hmm. sworn to protect and uphold the Constitution of the United States and enforce our laws, and we have laws on the books to deal with illegal immigration. And you're saying I'm not going to abide by those. Mm-hmm. Your actions yes. say you're not going to buy by those. Mm-hmm. That is a 
impeachable offense in my view. That's right. So we're going to take a short time out right here. And we will be back with more of today's issues on American Family Radio. More stories to talk about. They did catch the uh, man who shot the folks in the... Um, the suspect in the subway shooting? Yes, sir. He's a, he's a suspect, but almost for sure he mm-hmm. did it, right? Yes. yes. That's what authorities say. You're not going to believe the guy's rap sheet. <laughs> well, I guess you are. Yes. We're so used to hearing this in these blue states. They just turnstile criminal behavior. Unbelievable. They don't protect their own citizens. We'll be back to talk about that more. And in half an hour, we're going to go to Jerusalem, uh, Jerusalem area, and talk to a Jewish rabbi. Uh, We're going to do that in a half an hour. So we'll see you back here in three minutes. This is Trucker Dave. I travel the highways and byways of all the states east of the Mississippi River, delivering freight. But I couldn't do it without American Family Radio. Twice a year, for three days at a time, we pause to celebrate how God is using American Family Radio to impact lives. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. We call it share and it's an opportunity for you to help us continue to make a difference. Join us April 19th through the 21st on American Family Radio. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family, And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may he give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Hollywood has declared war on Florida, enraged because of a law that bans teachers from educating kindergartners about sex. All sorts of unrighteous indignation coming from the bok choy and Botox crowd. But it turns out Tinseltown's indignation is a bit selective. Variety Magazine reports that Warner Brothers removed references to a gay relationship in the latest iteration of Fantastic Beast, The Secret of Dumbledore. It's an offshoot of the Harry Potter series, Dumbledore is Gay. And there was a scene that referenced a past romance with another character. But China blew a fuse, said the scene had to be censored. Instead of launching petition drives and threatening to boycott China, Warner Brothers caved and removed the scene. How about that? 
sacrificing their own leftist values for the sake of the almighty Chinese dollar. I'm Todd Stark. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Hey, just one other note related to our topic the last few minutes. We were discussing the uh, border crisis uh, on our southern border because over 2 million people Biden has allowed in illegally since he became president. Uh, The irony here is, I just saw a headline, Biden approval rating lowest with Hispanic voters. Yes. Poll finds President Biden's approval rating continued to fall precipitously among Hispanics in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden's approval rating among Hispanics are down 26%, according to the recent a recent poll, which is the Qu- Quinnipiac. That mm-hmm. right there, Fred. I'm glad. Is that a French word? What is that? Quinnipiac? I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, it's an Indian word. But they're a very respectable polling. This is nearly a 10-point drop from Biden's approval rating on April the 6th. So that that uh, tells me a couple of things, too. Yeah, go ahead. That the American people, regardless of their political affiliation, are not buying what Jen Psaki comes up with every day. Right. Blaming Vladimir Putin Mm -hmm. for everything that's bad that's going on in this country. Right. And Hispanic uh, voters in the U.S., they're not for massive illegal immigration into our country either. A lot of people, I think the Democrats think if we if we let uh, massive amounts of Hispanic people come here illegally into our country, mm-hmm. we will endear ourselves to legal Hispanic Americans, I mean American citizens who are yes. Hispanic. Yes. And they'll vote for us because they won't. Yeah. Uh, they want this. And what, what this, I think, is showing is, no, they don't. No, mm-hmm. they don't. They're American citizens, too. Well, they're American citizens, too. Not only that, Tim, do they resent the fact that these millions are coming in illegally. Right. Many of these people came into the country legally. They had to line up and wait to get their green cards. Fair and, and square. Become, then yeah. become yeah. citizens. But also, Tim, we have lots of Hispanic people in this country who are paying higher prices for groceries, paying higher right. prices for right. gas, and they're not excusing Joe Biden right. for that, right. just right. like everybody else. I tell you, right. if I was a Republican or Libertarian or somebody thinking I might run for president in a couple of years, go ahead in your war room and get your your platform together on this because you're undoubtedly going to face issues, questions on immigration. I would be shocked if it's not one of the first things on the first debate with Joe Biden or Kamala or whoever it's going to be. I think Republicans should get their message together. No one is opposed to immigration. They're opposed to illegal immigration. We have a system. We got a structure. We have laws. That's what need to be followed. Go back home. Do the proper thing. We'll see what we can do in the coming days, months, something of that sort. 
All right, you're listening to today's issues. Joining us now is our good friend, Dr. Alex McFarlane, uh, who joins us uh, from North Carolina. Alex is heard each weekday afternoon with Brother Bert Harper on Exploring the Word here on AFR. Alex, good morning to you. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, brother? I'm blessed. Uh, thinking about Easter and the yeah. resurrection of Christ. You Are Are you uh, going to be home at your home church, or are you traveling to speak this weekend? I, I'm traveling, but not too far. I'm going to be in Ashboro, First Baptist Church of Ashboro, North Carolina, which is uh, kind of in the center of the state. And uh, So if anybody's listening and you're near Ashboro, I'll be there at 8.30 and 11 Easter Sunday. Have you prepared your sermon yet? Uh, getting there. <laughs> getting but, there? Uh, it's not hard to is preach the on the resurrection of Jesus. <laughs> right, you've done that before, I know, yeah. But still, what is going to be your, uh, give us your three points. <laughs> well, doctrine and destiny. If Jesus rose and the evidence is compelling that he did, then we've got doctrine. God exists, God has acted in history, uh, salvation is possible, but then destiny. Now think about this, folks. If Jesus rose, destiny for the saved, for the sinner, and for Satan. For the saved, you've got the presence of Christ here and a home in heaven hereafter. For the sinner, there's a warning of impending judgment. But for Satan, his doom is a certainty. If Jesus rose, and he did, then it's all all for sure that we're going to be with God forever. Amen. How do you know, how do we know, Alex, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? How do we know that for sure? Great question, Tim. Why I'm here. Great question. <laughs> well, uh, for one thing, the New Testament, which has been shown to be the most reliably preserved, absolutely dependable document of the ancient world, the New Testament tells us that he rose. Uh, but beyond that, even Jewish, Greek, and Roman sources reference the life of Christ. But I, I want to throw a source out there that... Very often colleges try to dispute, and that's um, Antiquities of the Jews by a writer named Josephus, one of the most respected historians of the ancient world. And Josephus mentions Jesus and mentions the fact that he was crucified, dead, and rose from the dead, and was believed to be the Messiah. Now, atheists love to say, for, for no good reason really, they'll say, well, the Jesus passages in Josephus were added later, but I've got a friend named Michael Lacona interviewed the world's number one Josephus scholar, uh, a man recently deceased named Louis Fellman, who was Jewish, not a believer, as far as anybody knows. And Lewis, Dr. Louis Feldman, the, the preeminent Josephus scholar in history, said that the Jesus references were authentic to the text. So... Why do we believe Jesus rose? The New Testament says so. The world has been changed. It's the focal point of history. But even non-biblical, secular sources, contemporary with the times, reference the resurrection and the emergence of Christianity. And uh, but I think, too, it's you. You've, you've talked about what I'm about to talk about, and I know Frank Turek has and others, and that is Josh McDowell, others who've written on apologetics spoken on Christian apologetics, and that is this. The the uh, disciples, right? Right. After Jesus was 
crucified, if he had not risen from the dead, the Bible tells us, and I know we can talk about uh, sources outside the Bible that prove the Bible true, and Alex does a great job about that, but let's just for a minute focus on what the Bible says about itself. Those disciples went out, and it's it's well documented. Uh, many of them became martyrs for oh, yeah. for for the message of Jesus uh, conquering death, or Jesus mm-hmm. Christ being the Son of God, right, rose from the dead. So, uh, if he had not, and they weren't certain of that, these disciples I'm talking about. Why would they want to have their heads cut off for a lie? You, you understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So go, expound on that, if you would. Yeah, and, and by the way, my friend Sean McDowell, son of Josh McDowell, he did his uh, dissertation on the, the early church martyrs, the apostles, those that were with Jesus, like you know Peter who was crucified upside down, and uh, James. I should have said a, apostles, but some were disciples too, yes. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. yeah. And, and an apostle was one who personally knew Jesus or met the risen Jesus, like Paul. All right. Skeptics used to say, well, how do you know all these people died? So Sean McDowell, in, in what is probably the definitive work on the deaths of the apostles and disciples, documents how, you know, like uh, Simon died by crucifixion and Matthew died. He was literally stabbed to death for the gospel and uh, Bartholomew was beheaded, and Andrew was crucified. And here's the thing. Um, It's true. Nobody recanted. So one of the compelling uh, evidences is, here's this, you know, frightened band of disciples that had hidden for their lives, and suddenly they become these courageous evangelists. They go all over the world, um, it, do you know it is estimated that within 37 years of the resurrection, so under four decades, the gospel had been taken to the entire world, really. Um, one of the things, You mean even though, China and, and Asia? Yes. One of the great books by a missionary, Don Richardson, called Eternity in Their Hearts, um, and then another church history book, Christianity Through the Ages, by uh, Earl Carnes, documents how really within the first 200 years of Christianity, the gospel had been taken to the entire civilized world. Um, that's why I believe it was Titus 2.11 says the gospel that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, it didn't mean all people had accepted Christ and been saved, but within about four decades after the Lord's resurrection, the, the apostles had and disciples had taken the gospel to the globe. Now, what would compel them to work so hard, drop everything, and be willing to die incredibly painful deaths? Uh, Well, something happened. And one other thing that we need to point out, and probably the preeminent scholar on this is a man named Gary Habermas, but there is no viable explanation. If somebody says, well, the body was stolen, or Jesus lied and faked his death, or the disciples had a hallucination, or uh, some have even said, well, maybe Jesus was like some alien. I mean, it's ludicrous. The only viable explanation that works with all of the known facts is 
the tomb was empty and the Lord had raised. Uh, hey, is it true that Peter was executed upside down by the Romans? That's what history tells us, yes, that Simon Peter, um, was, you know, the one that uh, Jesus called in Bethsaida, that under Nero he was crucified, and Simon said he wasn't worthy to die in the same way as Jesus, so he said, if you're going to crucify me, put me upside down, and that's wow. how Peter was executed. Yeah. Wow. What's the, what couple, uh, give us one of your books and give us another book you would recommend where people oh, can well, read more about that. I know there are a lot of good ones, but you, you, well, you mentioned Sean McDowell's, me. uh, too. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, you know, um, honestly, Bert and I did this book that came out October 12th called 100 Bible Questions and Answers published by Broad Street. Um, it, as far as I know, it is in the AFA store. Bert and I answer a hundred questions from radio listeners, and um, a lot is in there about the resurrection. But another book. What, what's I the name of it? And I know the answer to that question, but I'll ask you what's the name of it? 100 and Bible Questions store. and Answers from the First 10 Years of Exploring the Word. And, and it's available at our American Family line, uh, online store. Yeah, and, and you know, last fall uh, around Thanksgiving on some of the online book sellers that I won't name, but it was number one in the category of Bible and apologetics. Okay, let me just tell people. Now, you should you should have this if you gave a gift during share last fall, right? Yes. So if you don't have this book, you're guilty of not giving <laughs> during share last year, and we know who you are. You can redeem yourself. This is the season of redemption by making a gift to AFR next week during our share so that we don't have to keep up with you any longer. That, I'm, I'm only teasing, folks. Let me just give you the website that has the book. If you didn't get it last fall or you want another copy, it's an excellent book that Bert and Alex authored, co-authored, called 100 Bible Questions and Answers. If you will go to this website, resources.afa.net, it's front and center. It was not front and center, but it's on the front page. Resources.afa.net. It's $14, uh, $15, I think. So get a copy of that. It's an extremely interesting book that answers a lot of questions that that people have about Christianity. What, what was the other book you were going to recommend? Uh, a book by Gary Habermas, H-A-B-E-R-M-A-S. Now, check this out. Great title. The Historical Jesus, Ancient Evidence for the Life of Christ. It's amazing. Uh, and Habermas is the world's number one scholar on this subject, but even apart from the Bible, although the Bible is our primary source, it's the infallible Word of God, but Jewish, Greek, and Roman sources that reconstruct the entire life of Jesus uh, based on sources that were really hostile to the early church. Uh, Gary Habermas, The Historical Jesus, Ancient Evidence for the Life of Christ, published by College Press in Joplin, Missouri. Okay. Thank you, Alex. God bless you, brother. Have a great day. God bless you all. Thanks. Okay. That's great. Did he give away sermon notes for the weekend? Uh, no. Uh, he, he Well, he briefly mentioned yeah. his three points, but you, you really do have to listen in. To... Alex, listen, uh, Alex can roll out of bed huh? <laughs> yes. without a cup of coffee. Yes. And can wax eloquent on on the resurrection, on the crucifixion, mm-hmm. on the life of Christ. I mean, this guy, I'm, 
If you listen, you. if you listen to him in the afternoon with Bert, Bert's also very knowledgeable. I know those guys. Uh, they get questions. They, they open do. up the phone lines. Yeah. They get questions. What amazes me is they'll they'll get a question from a listener. It's yeah. all live. It's, it's not live. Pre- it's live radio. It's all, it's all comers. I mean, yeah, yeah. They don't screen the questions. And, and you know, I'm I'm driving in the car and I'm listening to the program and I say, boy, that's an interesting question. But Alex, like right away. Yeah. Well, and Bert has a gift. Yeah. His, Bert's gift is to deflect the question to Alex, <laughs> and he can do it so well. Have you noticed this? You, you'll get a question about, you know, some hard question about the Bible, and Brother Bert just does it so kindly yeah. with the listener. He says, I'll give this to you. That is a wonderful question, caller, <laughs> and uh, it's a very difficult question. Alex, go ahead and answer that. <laughs> Uh, you notice how you can do that? And there's no hesitation. Right. No, Alex, you Bang. go about it. It's like Bert saying, I don't want to deprive Alex of the opportunity to to shine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Bert doesn't want all the glory. You, did you think that's where Bert's it, It's kind of, I'll, I'll do a hockey analogy here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're, you're skating down and you're not sure that if you right. shoot, you're going to hit the net. Right. So, so you, you pass, pass it, it over. So somebody else can <laughs> gets the glory. Somebody else can get the glory or not. <laughs> or they can miss the shot that's supposed to win the game. Oh, me. Uh, anyway, join Bert and Alex each afternoon at uh, 3.05 Central Time here on American Family Radio. They'll be here this afternoon as well. Go ahead, Chris. Next story. The well, guy in New York got caught. The yes. shooter. The, the suspect has been arrested uh, in the subway shooting um, that happened earlier this week. Uh, as a matter of fact, in a uh, video stream from his mansion, uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams said yesterday, quote, my fellow New Yorkers, we got him, we got him. I'm reading from NPR, and I bring up their version so that way you know it's not Fox News or Newsbacks or uh, something of that sort um, talking about this guy's rap sheet. This is how NPR, okay, when you've lost NPR, okay. <laughs> So my point is, I'm bringing up NPR for a reason here. Uh, Frank James, uh, 62 years of age, according to NPR, had nine prior arrests in New York from 1992 to 1998 on charges including the possession of burglary tools, theft of service, and a criminal sex act, police said. He was also arrested three times in New Jersey. Uh, But police said earlier this uh, week uh, he opened fire inside a subway car and may have also uh, set off some smoke bombs uh, to cause problems for people. You know, Fred and I, we, Fred, we were talking about this the other day. You and I were going, you and I were talking, even before we knew who it was mm-hmm. that uh, was the terrorist here, and this is what this was, all shooting all these poor people trapped inside a subway yeah. with a smoke bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said, uh, you and I both said, well, I, I can guarantee you he has a long rap sheet. If it was a he, it turned out to be a he, yes. and indeed he had a long rap sheet. Yes. Why do these well, people just it, able? Why, how can you com- continue to commit crime after crime after crime after crime, and and then be set free into society? I don't. I don't get it. Well, here's here's the thing. We have entered into this period in the history of this country where you have prosecutors and you have liberal judges, liberal prosecutors, who believe that the certain individuals who commit crimes, they are actually victims, Tim. And we, Victims? Yes, the people perpetrating the crimes are victims. Usually, and, and I, right. people of all colored skin commit crimes. Right, mm-hmm. sure. 
but they have divided out, uh, for the most part, black males. And they said, these people really aren't, shouldn't be held responsible for their activities because they are victims of a society that is driven by white supremacy. So they, so a lot of the liberals excuse the criminal behavior yes. of black males, you're saying, because, because of past injustices yes. in America. Therefore, they need to be, they don't need to really be held accountable for their actions. They need to be free to commit crimes and then and repeat and repeat and repeat. And, and repeat. that's not, an is or, that what you're saying? Yeah, that's not an original thought. Right. I know. That's what the prosecutors are saying. But you know who the victims are? Yeah. More times than not. Mm. And this is what Mayor Eric Adams of New York said this yesterday, an African-American ex-cop himself. He mm-hmm. said, he said, uh, the victims, uh, he, he was he criticizing Black Lives Matter and said the, the main, uh, Victims of most most time it's young black males between the ages of fifteen and thirty five. This mm-hmm. guy was an outlier. He was sixty something, right? Sixty two. Uh, but the 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 victims of black male young black male crime are black people. Yes. yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, in, especially in the inner cities, and he was saying this has to stop. And the only way it's going to stop, we mentioned before. Well, there are there are multiple layers to this, but the one of the main reasons is the uh, criminals uh, aren't aren't put in prison and or jail for a long time when mm-hmm. especially when they commit acts of of, of violent crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, California used to have a three strikes you're out, right? Used to, used to. They don't anymore. No. So th- these. Blue states and these big liberal cities with these George Soros-funded district attorneys and weak-kneed mayors like the one mm-hmm. in Chicago mm-hmm. and L.A., mm-hmm. uh, of course, they're protected. They have private security. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. don't question them about that either. Yeah, they have private security, so they're not impacted by mm-hmm. personally, but, but the... The rest of the citizens of these cities uh, are, they are um, sitting ducks, as we found out in New York earlier this week, because the criminal justice system does not punish the, especially the violent criminals and put them away and keep them from society. Instead, they let them out into society again and again and again, and they prey on Innocent people, and it happens all the time. The guy who was arrested, uh, remember he uh, is in Wisconsin, who drove his car through the Christmas parade? Oh, yeah. yeah. Priors. All oh, he had a rap price. sheet, like 25 arrests or something like that. Including one, like, right before. Yeah. So yes. I, We're not I, surprised I don't get it. Anymore. I don't get it. Is that the judge's fault or the district attorney's fault or the lawyer's? Or who, who? Well, it's the prosecutor's fault. The, it's prosecutor? the, prosecu- the prosecutor are letting them go. You said it. George Soros prosecutors. They're at fault, but also, yeah, sometimes the laws are, like in New York, they're talking about Albany. Uh, Albany, the state legislature there, has to, has to re, re uh, they're going to have to overturn laws that they pass, which has to do with no, is it no cash bail? Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what is the net effect of no cash bail? Well, you, you uh, the turnstile argument- 
Yeah, you don't, have yeah. To, you don't have to post any bonds. Yeah, they argue, all. people in support of, of doing away with that, they say that not everybody can afford to get themselves out of jail, so let's just do away with that yep. and let people out. So you let people out who are hardened criminals because they don't have the money mm-hmm. to pay? Huh? Yeah. But yeah. then they go right back out on the street and they commit another crime and another crime and another Statistically crime. Statistically speaking, many of yet, them do. Yet, yet, and if you listen to Sandy Rios' program this right. morning, she interviewed three people who are being detained. They were arrested on January 6th, 2021. And they're still in? They are still being held. One guy she interviewed this morning, his trial is not even scheduled until August of this year, which means he's being held in a cell in Washington, D.C. This is America, folks, being held without being allowed a trial for 18 months. Yeah, yeah Sandy, I heard her interviewing. They're not with- offered bond. Right. So you're, you're making a comparison. I'm making a comparison. Turnstile for some people committing right. violent crimes, and they're out and they're committing more crimes. And as opposed to some people who uh, went into the Capitol building, yes. didn't burn anything down, didn't shoot anybody, didn't commit any kind of violent crime, just mere fact that they were... They Tra- were there. Quote, trespassing into the White House. They were I mean, there. into the Capitol building. They're being held without bond, yeah, without trial. That's not right. For a year and a half. This is America. This should not happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So until, here's the thing, until the people in the places that are crime-ridden decide that they've had enough of their, of them, their families and, and their fellow citizens being victims of crime and they want to say enough is enough and we're going to put the criminals away for a long time no more turnstile mm-hmm. uh, criminal justice mm-hmm. until that happens things are only going to continue to get worse you, you, as my mom used to say you mark my word Yeah. so Eric Adams the mayor of New York and the governor of the state of New York they could say this has to end mm. But, uh, and, you know, do press conferences. But let me tell you, it's not going to end. Nope. Until they do what we've talked about the last few minutes. People are held accountable. Yeah. You got to put the bad guys away. If you don't, this is what's going to happen. We'll be back momentarily. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.